I bring greetings to you this morning in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank you for your attendance. Even those that will uh, switch on and find us on YouTube or um, whatever platform you might find us, I pray that God will open your eyes to see. See the plans that, that he has for you. I just want to tag uh, a few things that I begin to understand is uh, I find that the church needs to pay particular attention to Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter 2. For the word is very clear that any man that goes to war does not entangle himself with those things that have no future, have no destiny. The things that are meaningless in the scheme of things or the plans that God has for your life. For the plans that God has for your life are so far superior to the things that the enemy will try and cause you to be sidetracked and cause you to pull off course. God wants you to stay on course, to stay on track to those things that he has called you to. Amen? God has pur purposefully placed his Holy Spirit in you so that there will come a time when you will connect to your destiny. You will connect to the reality that God, when he calls, he doesn't then say, oops, I think I made a mistake. It doesn't matter that you are going through a time of uh, being roughed up by circumstances, being roughed up by situations around you. But I have to ask you, where are you? Because the question begs to be answered. When the enemy comes against you and begins to rough you up, you ha I have to ask the question, where are you? Because the word of God in Matthew 13 says to me that uh, the seed, the sower went out to sow a seed. And then when the, 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 the seed began to blossom, it says the ear came out and began to bear fruit. And as the fruit was coming up, uh, hey, lo and behold, there was uh, tears that began to come up and the question was Lord did you not plant a good seed in the soil and the answer from Jesus was it is when men were asleep that the enemy came and he sowed the tears it is a church of God. The enemy will come and want to grab hold of the word of God that has been planted in you. And while you fall asleep in the comfort of God's protection around you, the enemy will come and sow tears into that good soil. Because Jesus will go on when they ask him, how is it? Should we go and tear up the tears? And Jesus said, leave it alone. 
Leave it alone because you might just disturb the wheat, that which is good, that which I planted in that person's life. He says, leave it alone for the time will come when harvest time, I will send out the angels. You see, God doesn't say I'll send out a preacher. I will send out somebody that will witness to them because we become biased. We begin to find why they failed. Jesus said, uh, he points out to you and I when we are listening to the message, uh, how critical we are to that message. Uh, where is our mind when the message has been preached? Because Jesus said, uh, it is that seed that fell by the wayside. When I look at the wayside, uh, I see that it is he who did not pay attention with the word of God was being proclaimed. You were busy somewhere else rather than being present and say, Lord, speak to me today. Speak to me today. Your servant is ready to hear your voice. You see, I am not in the mood of massaging anybody because when you fall by the wayside and you fall out of grace, the word of God says, if I did not tell you the reality that you are responsible for the position you might find yourself in. The word of God says, your blood will be required from you. I am carrying my own burdens. I don't need to carry somebody else. And yet I am compelled by the words of Paul. He says, when I see somebody that is going through a rough time, I have to identify with them. He says, for when I am with a Jew, I am just like the Jew. When I am with the Gentiles, I become just like them. But not to follow how they are doing, but to them to Christ. He was steadfast in his thinking. He was all together in the life at that which God had ordained for him. It came via Stephen being stoned. How he reacted when he was being stoned. He never blamed him anybody. He looked up Stephen and he looked up. He says, then I saw the heavens opened. I saw Oh, the Holy One of Israel seated at the right hand of the Father. He saw the glory of God descend. The word of God says Stephen began to shine. Don't tell me when Saul was standing there and consenting to what was going on, this uh, 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 breaking up uh, the, the body of Jesus Christ in, uh, in, uh, in Stephen, that did not affect him. He did not see something that was worthy to be killed. He saw the glory of God. And I am telling you, when the glory of God comes upon a human being, there will be some others, of course, that will react negatively. But it is as you would hold your position in Christ. Do not relent. Do not give an inch. Stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God. God. God shall bring deliverance. He shall bring deliverance. 
Never give up, child of God. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. God is on your side. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You will never walk alone. I am by your side. He who guards Israel never slumber, nor does he ever sleep. But child of God, if you do not find yourself in the position where God has called you to, the enemy will come and plant tears in that good ground. It's going to take a long time to come back while you are busy blaming somebody else for the position you are occupying. Turn away from that. You need to say, Lord, it is I who has a need of prayer. It is I who needs healing. It is I who needs to be touched. Lord, show me who must I go and pray with. Who must I go and have fellowship with? Because I am dying by myself. I need help. I need my batteries running low. I need to go and get charged up. Do not die alone at home and keep saying, well, I've got television to help me. Oh, I stand in front of my TV. You will die. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Derek Bad said once upon a twice, a banana that is a peel from the bunch will always be eaten. I've never seen anybody taking a whole bunch of bananas and shoving it in his mouth. You first peel it off from the others and then you eat it. Amen. So it is a Christian that thinks they've got things all together. I am telling you now, your ancestry has got nothing to do with where God wants to take you to. It is your ancestry that is based in Christ Jesus. That is where you will begin to bear fruit because it is only when you are abiding in the vine that you are able to bear fruit. You will never bear fruit all alone. You, lie, you can lie to yourself. But don't let me help you continue with that lie. You have to be in fellowship. You have to be in fellowship for God to be able to allow his word to, be, to begin to grow. It is times when your faith is being tried in the fiery furnace. Some of us have not gotten there yet. You know, we have an ache on our little pinky and we think, oh, we've been tried. Somebody comes and it takes your favorite seat in church and you think you are being tried. Hey, that is child's play, baby. That is child play. Ask the Hebrew boys. They went into the fiery furnace. It was heated up a hundred times or hotter that even those that were standing outside began to burn. But if you do not have the fourth man in the fire, you will burn. There, has to, there had to be the fourth man in the fire. They were able to come out not even smelling of smoke. What the enemy has planned for you has got nothing uh, uh, in comparison to what God has got planned for you. 
Your life, your life, your umbilical cord must be in Christ Jesus. Has to be. Your life is dependent on that. How willing, how ready are you to fight the good fight of faith? If you don't believe me, you go and check Paul out. After all the things that he'd done, I tell you what, he will tell you how many times he was waylaid by the Jews, how God had delivered him, how many times he was stoned, but he never died. Why? Because his purpose had not been fulfilled and he was not ready to give up. He wasn't waiting for no rapture to come. He was ready for the glory of God to come. The glory of God. You have no right to want to run away while the world is not saved. You run nowhere. You run to God. Let God be that decider. Become a Daniel. It is God who decides whether I live or die. It is not man. It is not me even quitting and saying, oh God, you better take me out of this year. Why? Because I'm just too tired of all the hassles that I am going through. And God will say, you have not touched my grace yet. Where you think you are running to? You haven't touched my grace. How many have you witnessed to? How can you come into my presence empty-handed? How? What are you going to present to me? How can you come before a king empty-handed? Paul writes a letter to Timothy. The first epistle. He gives him all the warnings. He gives him uh, the way with all, how he need to carry, how he need to conduct himself, how he need to uh, take care of the widows, how how he needs to take care of the young woman, uh, the old man, the whole mixed masala. He gives him uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the way with all, how to take care of the church. I mean, uh, 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 Paul, he just planted and he left on. And he will put this young man, especially Timothy. He was young. He would say to him, do not allow any man to despise your youth. Don't let them look down on you for you need to know that you are of a good pedigree. Remember the grace that rested upon your mother and on your grandmother. I have the faith that the same grace that rested on them is upon you. And especially that I have laid my hands upon you. Now I know I trust you and I entrust you to carry out the mandate of heaven. It's not what man will give you. It's not what the, the legacy of, uh, of, uh, of man if they were outside of God. I tell you that. There are many things that I look in my life today and I see the things that I never appreciated a few years back. I begin to see when I used to hear my grandmother pray in the middle of the night, I would hear her praying. Not all the time, but she was illiterate, but she knew how to pray. She knew how to trust God. I was thinking about it this morning and I see how on a Sunday she used to put a 
uniform on. And here was this old lady. She even used to wear shoes when she went to church. Before that, it was Calfoot baby. Her toes were like this. Poverty will make you look like a duck. But when God dresses you up, when she put a uniform, she was a sixpence. She shone like a star. She would go. Of course, we didn't go because it was always women that went to pray. And so we never thought men had any uh, reason to go to church. Okay, men, I was a little beginning. But I remember the night wakes that they will take me to. They will dare take me. I mean, Henry was different. And so he, was, uh, he had to be kept one side. So you could only visit around at night. Didn't draw too much attention. But I remember those fervent prayers that I will uh, be praying in those uh, wakes or whatever meetings. I don't even know, but I remember one. We had to go, I think it must have been, uh, if I drive past there and I look at the distance, that it was way over 15 kilometers. We would walk at night, cross rivers in the night just to go for a prayer meeting. It was that which they installed inside of me. I never recognized it. I never saw it coming. That our God was busy setting me up for a time such as this. And God could never have paid all that attention for me to achieve nothing. To leave no legacy. To win nobody in Christ. It could never be. Because then I have to say, even as on Friday I was going to work, I'm saying, Lord, what is, what is of value in my life if I cannot win one person to Christ? Of what value is your anointing that you have placed upon me if I cannot win to Christ? That's left to God to answer. But I know that Second Timothy carries the moment that we are in right now. Do not entangle yourself with things that, that lead to death. Allow yourself to connect to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the scripture that uh, Gabby read, uh, Revelations chapter 5, for me, it is profound. It is a scripture that uh, uh, when I, I read or I talk about it, because lots of people, when they hear about the book of Revelation, they see all the beasts, they see all the horns with their lack of understanding that it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Some say they do not read it because they don't understand. You lose the plot right in the beginning when John says what I'm about to read it is the revelation of Jesus Christ it is the picture of who Jesus is how and why he came but I just want to draw your attention now because I don't really have much time John begins to cry verse 4 he begins to weep because he saw the books being opened and he looked around, man who was worthy to open the scroll and read. And he could find nobody. 
And with that, he was overcome by uh, the hopelessness of the moment. He was overcome. He began to weep. Uh, Lord, there is nobody that is worthy to open the, the book and begin to unveil that which is written within the book because he saw the book. It was written inside. It was written at the back. There was uh, the secrets of God were hid in this book. And with that, he thought, Lord, everything is lost because the secrets of God have been closed to humanity. He began to cry. We are not given. I don't think it was. I believe his cry was, Lord, is there nobody that you can anoint at this time to unveil the secrets of God? What you are saying in our kairos. Our moments in God. Verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, do not weep. (laughs) And he says a very powerful word for me. He didn't say see. He said behold. (laughs) Behold. Behold says, take special attention. Be vigilant. Begin to look and grab hold of what you see. It is not just turning around and look. It is take in what you see with your eyes. Because what your eyes see is going to stand you in good stead. He says, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. For me, that was defining. It wasn't one that came from heaven that we have no connection to. He says, I am going to give you his ancestry. He belonged to a tribe of the Lion of Judah. And he is the root of David. He places his ancestry right in our midst. He lived with us. He walked with us. He identified with our infirmities. He knows the trials and tribulations that we will go through. But behold him, behold, look to him, look to him. Where are you today? Are you looking to the Lion of Judah? Are you looking to the one who has the ancestry in our midst? And then the next one he says, he has prevailed. (laughs) it's not because he carries those uh, uh, qualities that he has been given it says he has prevailed he who has prevailed it is one who has fought a fight 
He has not uh, relented. He has not re uh, uh, relinquished his position. He has stood on what he believes, what he has heard, and a message that was given to him. His message was to reconcile man back to God. He was not about to give up on you. He was not about to give up on you. He saw you from a distance and he said, you are worthy. And therefore, I will go through this. He has prevailed. He has prevailed. And now, because he fought a good fight, he is worthy to open the book. He has found worthy to open the book. Not just to open it, but to read it. And to look on it. Church, when you find yourself in the skirmish, you need to say, Lord, perhaps I have not known the weapons of my warfare. Would you now explain them to me, please? Because right now, I need to be armed, ready, and dangerous. I cannot just say words. I need to know how to use my weaponry. David uh, will go with a simple thing, with a sling. But that sling, my friend, it was not just a sling. There was anointing in that thing. There was grace in that thing. There was God in that thing. Prevailing prayer. Prevailing prayer. There's a whole lot that we can speak about. But church, if you do not allow yourself to be familiar with scripture, how are you going to know the weapons of your warfare? It's not about going and collecting all the promises and then the warfaring. Yay! Warfare is here. It is in the spirit. We, 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 our warfare, it is fought because our mind is ready to give up at any threat of one towering over you. What has been conditioned in you that if a person is bigger than you, you need to fear. Oh, David said, oh man, when I see that giant, he said, how can I possibly miss? He is so big, I could never miss. I could never miss. I am so tiny. He's towering over there. I can just get under him and pummel him over. Strategize. Don't let fear grab hold of you by appearance. You don't know why they want to bulldoze you. Maybe you haven't seen the greatness in you, but the enemy has seen it. That's why they're coming against you. You need to now, I am equipping you and saying, stand on God's word. Stand. Wash me clean, Lord. Favorite words, uh, that old archery uh, song that he used to sing. It was break me, Lord, and mold me. And make me after the image that you'll have me to be. One of the things they said to us was, I'll repeat it again. It's worth repeating. Henry, do not ever get stiff 
so that God has to break you. Remain clay in his hand. So whatever shape or mold that he wants you for that moment, be pliable. Remain pliable in the hands of the potter. And so I'm passing it on to you. Remain pliable. Don't say, oh, I'm too old. I'm too set in my ways. That's what you say. Go back to God and say, God, if there's anything in me that does not satisfy you, please change it. I don't want to grow up and be a grumpy old man. Sometimes I think it's nice when you, you think now you can just command things because I'm kukile now. Oh, just go and get that. Just go and get that. I am seeing the lazy people. I'm telling you by the time they get to 60, they pelil it. They grumpy at 60. Come on. Your life is only beginning. It was 120 years you had on the earth. Come on. You're only starting. So say, Lord, add some sap into me. I need to run again with the young lions, is it? Say, how can any of these guys outrun me? If they beat me around the corner, I have to go back and say, Lord, what happened? How could you drop me at such a critical time? I was ready to overtake and then, oh, I hurt my toe. I'll get you next time, boy. We need to position ourselves. We need to condition ourselves that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Every obstacle that comes against you, it is not there to kill you. It is there to say, behold, look again. You have stayed in this thing for too long. You are no more seeing the possibilities. You have become transfixed in this thing here. It is time to take a fresh look around. Smell the roses again. Begin to hear the birds singing. And say, Lord, uh, Isaiah 12, Lord, I want once again to drink out of the wells of salvation. I want to appreciate that which you saw when you saved me. Am I still living in accordance with that or have I deviated from the plan that you called me to? Wake me up, Lord, with a song in my heart. Amen? Amen. God is gracious. But please take a close look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Really just read it. Because now, uh, uh, Paul was being specific to Timothy to instruct him on the things that now for personally he must do. Before it was about the ministry and now it was his personal conduct that he was instilling in him that you are a man that is trustworthy and don't let any person tell you otherwise. And I am saying to you, you are trustworthy. And God is counting on you. He's counting on you. 
Because this is only you. God only works through his body. I wish we had time that I could replay the conversation Pinda and I had on Friday. I wish I had, we had time. But maybe, I don't know, we didn't record it. It was just a conversation that sprung up. Because for some reason, we both were having the same conversation. He had that conversation with God on, uh, on Thursday evening. I had a conversation in the morning with God when I was driving to work. Saying, Lord, is my life reflective of you? Of the grace that you have placed upon me? How can I become visible to those that are around me? How can you become visible to those that you have placed around me? When I drive on the road, when I walk in the street, can somebody say there is something different in this man? Or you only know when he is dressed up nice and you think, I wonder. But when I am in my dirtiest of clothes, can Jesus still be seen? Because for me, that is where the tire meets the road. That's where reality happens. When, uh, when uh, the fanciness of cars we drive, the fanciness of the clothes we wear, does not make the anointing. The anointing of God is in the vessel. I would church that uh, we can familiarize ourselves with talking, with talking to one another. Do not, do not as a believer think you can exist on your own. You are not. You're going to die. Spiritually, while you're walking, you're going to be dead. Familiarize yourself to coming around believers and having a conversation with believers. You can uh, have many friends, but you can only have one fathering voice in your life. And that fathering voice does not have necessarily have to come from your pastor, but it cannot come from a renegade at the same time. Amen? Amen. If you do not have a relationship with your pastor, then you have a big problem. I'm telling you, you cannot have an attitude that is not healthy for your life towards a man or a woman that leads you. You cannot. It's going to hurt you. We will continue because I've become too afraid to miss God. I'm not afraid that he might zap me, uh, but I don't want to miss him. I don't want to miss his will. So I want to eliminate everything, and I'm helping you to eliminate everything that will keep you from the plan of God for your life. Amen. God bless you and go in peace. Okay? Just say to yourself, I am taking the peace of God today. I am walking on his peace. I'm walking in his provision. And my life will be better for it. Because I consciously take the peace of God. And I want to walk with you. Amen. Amen.